Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville! It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast, your weekly podcast of weird true stories, amazing true stories, frightening true stories, exciting true stories, true stories as told by the people who lived them or who were very close to them, connected to them, as you will find out. But as always with me, one of your hosts, uh, the lesser host, Adam Beebe, is your magnificent host, the smiling sensei, Mr. Barry Johnston. Hello, sir. How, how are you? How are you, Professor? You uh, you doing okay over there? Hey, you know, I, I am hanging in there. I, uh, I was candidly saying before we started that I just... Uh, I've I've felt off for the past uh, 2023. Uh, just kind of you know I haven't felt like I've gotten in gear with this year just yet. I don't know what it is, um, but uh, nothing you know I don't have anything tr- you know crazy going on in my life. It's just that uh, you know uh, I feel like I've ha- I've been taking a lot of naps. Yeah, hey, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. I like a nap for sure. Yeah, we, uh, man, we the weather's been crazy. We were dodging tornadoes last night. Man, I had to go get in the uh, in the shelter. Uh, oh man! So it oh, was that's... it was wild. I think I think I think what you got today was what was here yesterday. Yeah, it was a huge true. line. It was, I mean, massive. It covered the entire state, north yep. to south, and it was just like it blew in about ten o'clock last night, and it was really really windy like 70 mile an hour winds mm. some parts of texas over 100 mile an hour winds mm. and uh so we had to uh yeah there was a tornado that hit about a mile north of where we are so oh wow man we, we went and jumped into the basement and or the uh, shelter and uh which was uh, interesting with all the dogs oh <laughs> trying to get every, trying to get everybody in the in the shelter was was interesting but but yeah everything's good it was just uh i not really any damage i don't think it hit anywhere where there was like homes or anything like that you know it was kind of kind of up in the uh in the more uh farmland so well that's good i mean at least that it didn't hit anybody it didn't do any damage cuz you know we yeah. know how crazy uh tornadoes can be and uh growing up that's how we grew up you know we learned to respect more than fear them and uh i think that was a, a good thing back in the day we i yeah. think that's where, how we were raised and to know what to do by the time you're 5 years old and you know yeah. um you know we had all the legendary weatherman uh, Gary England would uh, right. go to your schools and he would play uh you know footage of tornadoes and tell you what you need to do in case that happened um so you know a lot of people i know that are not from tornado alley who didn't grow up with that 
whereas the tornadoes seem to have gotten a more diverse location in the past, you know, 20 years or more. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're not as fearful. I mean, we are, we understand, but we're not as, uh, it, we don't shake in terror unless it's coming right over you, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, like I said, that's something we grew up with. And I'm glad you guys are okay. And I have heard back from some other my Oki uh, friends and family. Everybody's doing good. Good, good. So I'm glad to hear that. So I wanted to share with you, Barry, and with our uh, audience, our friends, our listeners, um, speaking of growing up with things, I've been listening to a podcast. It's new to me. Uh, I'd heard it mentioned a few months ago, but finally uh, got around to listening to it. And uh, I think you'll really dig it. And because I've really been digging it, and it's called uh, 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. And of course, they're over the they're over, they're probably close to like 90 episodes now, so they're way overshot. Yeah, the 60 songs by now, but uh, it's been great, man. Like the guy takes it and he, you know, he, he talks about he's a he's a music reviewer, okay. um, and so he review, you know, he talks about. His personal connections to the song. He talks about the artist connections to the songs and their, their music and an overview of them. Yep. And uh, then he, like, you know, brings on a guest and they discuss kind of the same kind of things. And I've listened to. Uh, I've listened to one about um, Bjork's uh, Hyper Ballad, uh, which is really cool, and uh, Pulp. Uh, their song "Common People," Paul put in my, oh, you know, yeah, one of, of my favorites, and then um, yep. uh, "Torn" by Natalie and Bruglia, uh, which wow. I yep. did not realize was a several times over cover that she did that, that had been really covered. yes yeah there were several versions of that before wow um, and that that song was co-written by a former member of the Cure. Oh wow, man! Yeah, so wow. really informative stuff. I just finished up the uh, Liz Fair uh, episode over the song "Fucking very, Run." Very cool. And uh, <laughs> she's great. Yeah, she really is under, under underrated. You know, singer from the '90s and well, and even still, but uh, yeah, great, great, great podcast um usually about you know like an hour ish and uh like great discussions about music and about the 90s nice and you know so it's very much of our oeuvre our our you know all of our our, our the zeitgeist of what we grew up yeah. with um and i'm sure a, a good chunk of our uh weirdsville friends as well and you know for those who are younger who uh idealize the 90s uh, who didn't live in them, you know, that's a good way to kind of get a uh, an eye view without listening to, you know, going in and asking your parents or other right. old people. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it was a great era of music, man. Yeah. It really was. I mean, of course, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s were all fantastic mm -hmm. eras. But, of course, the 90s are when you and I were sort of coming of age and were in the middle of it. And we had sort of a... A front row seat to a wonderful music revolution that was happening. Yeah, and, and we were completely clueless of the time. Yeah, the time. yeah. You always, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can go back and you can, you know, 
realize all these beautiful things that happened. But we did know it was great. We did know that. We just didn't yeah. realize how special of a time it yeah. was. Yeah, but yeah. Oh man, dude. Wow. But of course, we're probably also just romanticizing our youth, as people always tend to do. True. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I remember my dad always said, well, you know, the, the music I grew up with was just the best, you know, mm-hmm. and, but it's hard to argue that too, because that was for, you know, in the sixties, late fifties into the sixties, that was a great time of music oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. All that stuff was, but yeah. Every, every decade really has its choice. It's prime stuff. It's, you know, it's, uh, and then a treasure trove of deep cuts that, you know, yeah. everyone looks over or underestimates. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so work, go check that out. Um, it's, it's 60 second 60 songs that, uh, explain the nineties. Really cool. And, um, you know, maybe we can be a guest someday if uh, the guy hears us talking. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Hey, don't overlook this podcast. This is a great one. We've got a great show today. Oh, we, yes. we, we were lucky to have, uh, for the first time, Danica on. And she uh, had some really cool, fun stuff to talk about. Some not so fun stuff to talk about, but we talked about it in a fun way and uh, just had a blast. Yeah, this is a, uh, a rare true crime type episode for us. Uh, we do enjoy uh, hearing the true crime stories um, for their unusualness and just engaging and tragedy, you know, as we not we don't enjoy the tragedy, but you know we enjoy uh, that aspect of hearing these stories uh, shared by people. Um, so you know, if you are a fan of true crime, you'll enjoy this. If you do not like true crime, um, some the you know trigger warnings uh, as here as well. We should say, but um, really just incredible. Uh, and her incredible story um, from you know from her mother and uh, and her namesake and uh, incredible uh, just great conversation uh, we got into some cool stuff but uh, let's 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 uh, quit beating about the bush and uh, there's also a fairly decent 90s band um, had a couple of great songs but let's quit, quit beating about the bush and let's get into it. Danica, thank you for joining us from all the way there, just north of Little Rock, Arkansas. What's your weird story? Thank you guys for having me. So my weird story is kind of going to tie into true crime, which is my niche. Cool. But um, it also is like my namesake and where I got my name, which I thought was really cool. Um so, my mom was pregnant with me. She was 18. She was in high school still. You know, like, Little Rock's already not that big of a town. Mm. We, she lived in Bald Knob, which is a terrible name for a town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ball Knob. That, hey, Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma has some of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arkansas has, has plenty of them. Yeah. But this, I always laugh when I hear that name. But she, she grew up there, a uh, super small town. And it still is a super small town. Um, she went to high school there and she had a really good friendship leader. They worked at like the one restaurant they had in the whole town called the Bulldog named after their like mascot. They worked there together. Um, and like, it's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. 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 And 
Yeah. Very, very familiar. So, very familiar with that growing up in uh, beautiful Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. Every, yeah, no matter you can't do anything without everybody else knowing about it. So. <laughs> yeah, like the grandma next door probably knows your social security number. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so um, she had one really close friend who was like America's sweetheart or like, well, I guess ball mob, ball mob sweetheart. She was super sweet. <laughs> Sorry. It's great. No. <laughs> well, I was like, America doesn't know her, but ball mob all knows Ball mob. Yeah. Ball mob. And so, <laughs> she's like, she's like, we've got a name of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she got like the good grades and she was super sweet to everybody. She's super pretty. Um, and so when she didn't show up to cheerleading practice one day, it was super weird because she always showed up where she's supposed to be. And instantly people were like, this isn't right. Something's wrong. And her mom called the police. And normally in the mid nineties, it was like that very much like 48 hours rule, mm-hmm. but they weren't even 48 hours. They're like, nope, that's not right. You know, because they knew her. Even the police knew her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they Often start looking in, in, for her. In a small town, police are, you know, wanting something to do often, you know. Yeah, Asi- exactly. Aside from traffic stops. Yeah. Well, and you know, you know the kids that are, like, up to no good, if they had gone missing, they're probably like, yeah, they'll be back. But, like, this, yeah. wasn't, this wasn't her. Yeah. And so... They went to check with her boyfriend. She wasn't there. They went to check at her work. She wasn't there. She wasn't any of the five places probably in the whole town she could be. And so they have search parties going, but it's starting to get late. So like, they're like, mm, we'll hold off. We'll pick it up. And at this point, my mom would have been like six months pregnant with me. But she's still looking. And um, they find her two days later, the girl. And she had been sexually assaulted and killed. And they found her in what was called Devil's Kitchen, which I thought was super ironic oh. place to find her. Yeah. And so, of course, everybody's like, well, who would have done it to her? Like, she didn't have any enemies. She was so sweet to everyone. But because it's a small town and things travel fast and, you know, it didn't take long. There was two of them, two boys she went to school with. What she was super sweet to. They shared a locker together. They had lunch together. And we never got the why. And he still has never said why. People speculate that probably like he came on to her and she rejected him mm-hmm. and he couldn't handle that. Um, the other boy was like mentally slower and was kind of like a pawn in all of it. Right. right. And so they when he got picked up by his name is Donnie and then Derek is the one who killed her. Derek picked Donnie up and already had her and had already sexually assaulted her. And of course, Donnie is terrified and they take her out to devil's kitchen and he hits her with a shovel Mm. and then they put rocks on her to like weigh her down in some water. Oh, wow. Yeah. And her aunt found her, which is like heartbreaking, but it's a small town, you know, yeah. There was nobody who was going to find her that didn't know her. Yeah. And um, so it was a huge deal because it's a super small town. And you've got one kid who's, you know, been killed by two people who she goes to school with. Like, the school is shake, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they don't know what to do with all that. Yeah. Um, and so 
Donnie, the one that was a little slower, he testified against Derek, and Derek and Donnie both ended up in prison. But the kicker was later the Supreme Court decided that um, life in prison should not be mandatory for people who were convicted as a minor. Oh. Well, yeah. And Donnie, even though he was mentally slower, was already 18. So he was stuck with life in prison. <sighs> Derek, who was two months shy of 18, ended up with the possibility of parole. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. So how many years, so, how many years till he's of, uh, up for parole? I want to say he has three years until he's up for parole now. Wow. Yeah. And this was what year was that again? 90. This happened in 95. 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, which is crazy to me that I was like two years, you might as well just call him an adult because he, and he was the ringleader, but because he was a minor, he got. Yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> Damn, and man. so um, the girl, that my mom was friends with her name was Kenyatta Roche. And so I was born hmm, three, four months after she passed. So my mom gave me her middle name as my middle name. So I always got to have that with me, nice. but it wasn't until I was much older that I like really wanted to know about it. So I went and got like the whole record, all of oh, it. Wow. So I was like, I want to know everything there were so many rumors about what happened she was mixed in a predominantly white town yeah right so there were things about it being racial at first or about it being gang related even though there's no gangs in Baltimore, but right it's a little country podunk town right are in there. but because of the fact that she was mixed in a town that was yeah very white right people had all sorts of speculation so so I just would. so people know, you held up a huge folder full of what looked oh, yeah. like, like you've done, you've got all police these reports, yeah, the police reports, yeah, and police the reports, the autopsy, the statements. Wow. There's a lot of things Gosh. redacted because of the fact that there were so many minors involved with questioning. But yeah, no, I wanted to know like the real, the real deal. And even in there are newspaper articles that allude to it was like possibly race related and things like that, because that's what was coming out at the time, even though that wasn't completely, that wasn't accurate at all. Mm. But so, so how did it go down? How did he like, where did he take her and all of that? I mean, yeah. So he, um, she didn't have a vehicle and he was offering her a ride from school. And of course she knew him. So it wasn't a big deal. They knew each other a long time. So she agreed and, and instead of taking her home, he bound her and then sexually assaulted her and then went back to the school to pick up Donnie with her in the car. She was wow. still alive. Um, and then Donnie got in. They drove out to Devil's Kitchen. And at the time, Derek had told Donnie, and this is all from Donnie's point of view, so in his statements. According to Donnie, Derek said that they were just going to take her out there to wash up in the water, and then he's going to let her go. But I'm assuming once he got her out there, he figured, like, that's really not going to work, or he never really planned for that to be the plan. Donnie walked away to get her purse and jacket out of the car at Derek's command, and while he was gone, he could hear him whack Yada with the shovel multiple times, Mm. and she was dead by the time he came back. God damn Um, 
And then Derek told Donnie, you have to help me get some big rocks so we can weigh her down, which Donnie did do. Um, so wow. which part of the part he was implicated in because he did that. And then he never went to the police. He didn't talk until the police already had him. Um, there is some speculation that a girl that has gone missing before that may have also been in the same area about the same age may have also been a victim of Derek's. Um, but she had run away in the past and mm-hmm. kind of had a bad home life. So for a long time, she was just listed as a runaway and they didn't look into it. But there is a lot of um, evidence that kind of points towards her also being a victim of wow. Derek's. So, but, but they've never she, proven that. Was she was she ever found or like, you know, her body or anything? So like they claimed at one point they found the bones and they were going to have them tested. And then all, all of a sudden they went missing. So they never tested them. And wow. then, yeah, I don't know if it's a cover up or if it was just like bad policing and they really did just lose them somewhere. Right. That's the problem with some of the small mm-hmm. town. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not here saying that that's what they did, but uh, I've heard many times that these things happened. Yeah. Where, yeah, exactly. you know, and it's kind of like how, how far can these bones go in a small town? Uh, yeah. You know, investigative situation. Like, yeah, it's I not like they have archives um, going back for hundreds of years with, you know, a ton of these types of incidents happening. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I was like, a possible murder. You don't have a lot of them in your little town. And you're like, where did you put them? Like, there's so many. Did you put them somewhere that you're not supposed to? Like, in somebody else's file? Has anybody know? tried to dig in on that and, like, ask these questions or no they haven't and i think a lot of that is because the family was still adamant for a long time that she was alive and had actually run away um gotcha and so i don't think that they've ever bothered to push it the parents the family doesn't believe it's her bones wow um so which hope is a big thing you know oh i I would yeah i would think i would want to know i would want to know too but yeah yeah they haven't pushed it, so I don't think the police are that worried about it anymore. Wow, man. Sounds yeah. like they weren't that worried about it to begin with that they somehow lost no. it. Well, I mean, there was no investigation into her because she had run away once years before. They're like, oh, she just ran away again. But at that point, she was a mother when she went missing yeah. the second time. Wow. Um, and I'm like, you know, there's a difference in running away as a kid and running away when you're now a parent. But they were like, oh, well, she just didn't want the responsibility, that type of thing. She just left. And I'm a mom. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. could never. So Yeah, that sounds... And her family was adamant about that, too. So I don't know why they thought she... Who knows? Maybe they had something. I'm just saying, maybe they had something to do with it. Who knows? I'm just throwing that, that, that out there. Uh, why else would you would you not want something like that to come out? And I, you know why the police wouldn't want it to come out? Because, you know, there could be a little bit of... Uh, finger pointing as to why it took so long or exactly. or if it's somebody else it maybe even looks even worse that they didn't know that yeah. that person was gone or whatever so yeah. yeah we grew up in a small town where like those sorts of things happened like um every time the sheriff came up for election somebody got busted <laughs> there was a big yeah. drug raid somewhere yeah. you know yeah, and yeah. it's like oh wow that's interesting that that happened uh, a month before the election even though everyone knew this person was out there doing this 
Um, exactly. Yeah. Funny. It's, it's crazy how much of it is politics, but like, yeah. and I think a big thing because they tried to play it off as well, this Arkansas state police handled Kenyatta's case where the ball knob police handled the runaway case. So yeah. they said that that's why they didn't know it was connected. And I'm like, okay, but as the ball knob police, you still know what's happening in the town with Kenyatta. Yeah. It doesn't take much to connect those dots. But, you know, sometimes that those guys get weird about stuff, sharing information. There's a yeah. lot of ego yeah. involved in that kind of stuff. And I could see that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm just... I'm just confused with why they when they found bones, bones were found, and then they didn't really do any kind of investigation. They didn't do anything. And the crazy thing was the bones were found near an area where Donnie, when he was a little slower, told them Derek had showed him her body after the fact. So I was like, that's a big coincidence to me. Right. To then not test them. That's why people think they're probably hers, because it's such a big coincidence. So to not test them, but like he's, you know, like very sad. They don't want to look like they screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they don't want to look like they fucked up and been like, well, she's probably part of it too. So they didn't do anything and the family didn't push them. So it kind of died. Wow. Because yeah. oh, that's, that's too bad. That's terrible. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's a brutal crime and it probably was something where I would I mean you know where she probably re- you know rejected his advances in some way and yeah. you know and then that was him you know or he could have been you know a he could have been a serial killer who would just got caught you know uh, I mean, or, yeah I now talk because I did and going into this, I did try to talk to people who went to school with him, who knew him, who knew her. And I know that there was a person who said that he had an ex-girlfriend that he basically would like stalk her at work because she mm. also worked at the same wow. restaurant. And he would like sit outside during her shifts. And th- so he definitely had some like predatory behavior. Mm. So I could see where it would have definitely like could have escalated. That's the sc- that's like the that. scary thing about life is like you, you get tipped off to people that ha- just it's like just because they have these weird things that they do, you can't there's nothing you can do about it. Like mm-hmm. you literally have to wait till something like this happens in order to to do anything, you know, because the presumption of innocence. Um, exactly. But it doesn't mean that that person isn't doing things that aren't right. You know, it's yeah. one of those weird and when you live in a small town like that, everyone knows who that person is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was in Kenyatta's nature. She just be nice to everyone. He hadn't done anything to her, so she made it a point to be nice to him, even though he, you know, she heard, she had to hear, you know, heard about the things going on with him, the stalking his girlfriend, and just some of the kind of behaviors he had. But she still made it a point to be nice. Sure. Um, probably thinking it was doing her a favor. But sure. I think maybe because of the type of guy he has, he took that kindness as something more, and then yeah. was mad when it didn't pan yeah. out to be more. Yeah. And back in the and back in the nineties, if a teenager was, you know, they had if they had a bad breakup, and it, you know, he was just, you know, it it, it wasn't almost it wasn't quite stalking yet you know it yeah. was it was oh he's just 
you know, taking it badly, and he want, he really loves that girl. He wants to get back with her, and you right. know, but but you know, we obviously there red flags all over the place, yeah. you know. But well, and in the nineties, you didn't have social media because. Yeah. You know, people right. are stalking their ex online. You didn't oh, have yeah. that often. Right. So they were going. And in a small town, you can call it accidentally being where they were. Right. Because mm-hmm. everybody's kind of in the same yeah. you know, couple of places. Right. But. Right. And you live in a small town. You're a little bit naive. You know, Arkansas yeah. is not that far removed from where we grew up. And it's like, you know, you, you give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know. Especially at that age, you know, the the world is uh, pretty innocent. So, God, I just feel terrible for her parents. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, golly, in a small town like that, you don't expect these types of things to happen. Yeah. I mean, New York or, you know, like the bigger cities, sure, you know, but like, uh, that's tough. That's really tough. It is. Um, but it's given me a good leeway because my mom and I now host a true crime podcast together. Sweet. And. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when people go, how did you get into true crime? I always go, well, I was kind of born into it. Okay. Right? And yeah. I mean, in a way it's people just assume it means, Oh, well, you grew up hearing it. And I do, I did. That was definitely a thing my mom did. Sure. But like, I literally was born into it. My namesake was part of it. Um, so it always gives me that interesting story to share with people. What is, what is like how I started? Cause I'm interested in true crime also. Like I love, yeah. I just love it. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, what are some of the, can you give us an example of like, like a story that has made you just like, I can't get away from it. I have to dig into this thing. Okay. So, um, I had one that I dug into a lot, but it was probably the only one that's ever made me have just like step back because it really made me like, I'm also a little nauseous yeah. because it was very like graphic. Um, it was, um, a mom in Alabama I guess it was a stepmom in Alabama and she had essentially tortured and killed her two stepchildren. Neither of them were even school age. Um, and, and that one, like she went into detail about the things she did to those kids and in reading it, when I was researching into it, seriously thought I was going to be ill yeah. because I just couldn't imagine. She was putting like, antifreeze in the baby's bottle to try to poison oh. it. Oh. She was like shoving them into suitcases and locking them in the closet and then being upset when they had like soiled themselves, but they'd been locked in a closet all day long. Oh. And it was just like these awful things. And eventually she ended up killing them and the dad helped like get rid of the bodies without ever saying anything. Wow. Those were his kids. Oh, wow. Um, and I think the part that blew my mind the most or how everyone was like, yeah, before he met her, he was this great dad and he did everything for them. And I was like, how does this woman make you think this is okay? Like, yeah, that you rip- went from a great dad to you're disposing of their bodies. Well, that's, like, that's awful. Crazy. Awful. That reminds me of that yeah. case. Remember the one where the lady drowned like all five of her kids or something like that mm-hmm. in the bathtub? Oh, yeah, I think yeah. that was Andrea Yates. Is yeah, because yeah. have the same last. She might have the same last name. Is that te- is that um, Texas where that happened? I think that was Texas. I think so. Yeah. Um, but and I think they talked a lot of there about her mental. I think maybe she. They said she had postpartum. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so probably some other things. I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah. Golly. But terrible. I mean, 
And why would you be with a man who has kids if you don't want anything to do with those kids? Just yep. pick a new man or something because yep. those babies didn't deserve it. And I think the part that was hardest for me on top of everything with the dad were how many people were like, oh, yeah, we would see the toddler walking around by himself in the parking lot with a that full diaper or like things like that. And I was like, nobody thought to call anybody. Like this could have been prevented. Right. And it just, everybody was like, Oh, not my business or somebody else will do it or mm. whatever. Yep. And nobody, just, nobody knows their neighbors anymore. Yeah. And I was like, if I saw a kid with no clothes on a full diaper and he's wandering around without a parent in the parking lot, I'm calling somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. But they were like, oh, you know, not my problem. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, not good. So you're just going to let them be out there alone. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the weird, there's a weird dichotomy between, um, you know, the people that are like, well, that's that's not my problem or I don't want to get involved. Yeah, there is that too. And, And there's a lot of like in human nature where I want to help, but I don't want to get involved, that kind of a thing. Um, and I think that, you know, unfortunately that's been more, um, cultivated over, you know, the past century, I would say Mm -hmm. maybe more, maybe even longer, but it's been definitely been cultivated where I don't want to get involved because, you know, what if you do something and then somebody says, oh, well, you right. know, they, they did, you know, and lawsuits, to, uh, lawsuits and, you know, yep. and, and bring up charges for whatever. Yep. yep. And uh, you're just trying to be a good, you know, good neighbor, good Samaritan or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yep. And somebody just, you know, doesn't like it and, you know, takes, uh, tries to come after you for whatever reason. And it's just, that's just. <sighs> That's true. We do have a very Sue happy culture, so I oh, can yeah. understand people being like, oh, I don't know about that. But I guess in my nature, I'm like, no, if it comes to kids, like I'm, I'm going to get involved. Now there are probably other places where I'd be like, nah, I don't know if I should be involved. Right. In yeah. Right. Yeah. But definitely when it's a child's welfare is something oh, yeah. that people should be just, just, you know, take, you, you know, what about the children? The children, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. You think of the kids. Do step because kids can't do this stuff for themselves. They can't defend themselves. Yep. They can't mm-hmm. make their own choices. You know. Yeah. Exactly. They they don't and they don't have the uh, autonomy to get themselves into a better position yep. in life. Get themselves out of this, you know, terribleness. So. Exactly. I was going to ask you. you have you? Have you seen um, the um, – it's it's a new documentary that came out on Hulu. The I think it's Stolen Youth. No, I've seen – like, I've seen it, but I haven't got to watch it. Like, I've seen okay. reviews and stuff for it. Is it good? Oh, it's it's very good. It? It's it's a little bit slow, right. but, like, you get into the, the second and the third uh, part, and it's really interesting. It's about the students at a college – and they, a girl that is friends with everybody, her dad moves into the house with everyone and converts everyone into a cult. It's it's fascinating. Ooh. Yeah, I have to watch that. I have a, yeah. I have a thing for kids. It's too. really so. interesting. Yeah, it's kind of well, it's it's what 
it's a little what it is is like i think it was i want to say it was like an ivy league school but it was like all these really like, super smart kids s- yeah smart kids yeah and uh this guy he he was in prison and he got out and uh i think he was in prison got out but That's he correct. moved in moved in with his daughter and he was very charming and entertaining and he, and everybody liked him and hanging out and you know would come over all of her friends would come over and her roommates and their roommates friends and it got to the point to where um, you know there was this cult of personality around this guy and mm-hmm. he convinced he started you know like sleeping with you know some of the younger girls there you know and or young women I should say and uh, then he would started like pimping them out and he would get all their he, yeah he would yeah. Pimp, he, he made them sex workers he would take um, uh, the all their money that their parents would send them and he would always make them you know buy get their parents to yep. send them more money yeah. um, and give it to him and he was like you know living it up off of all of their yeah money that their you know well-to-do parents were giving them yeah and, and also that these women were earning for him and uh and it and they and everybody else was living in squalor and you know they were all just completely brainwashed by this man and yeah it's it's, it's fascinating it's a wild story yeah um, yeah that's definitely it sounds different. a little bit like the manson cult mixed with like the children of god cult because they yeah. kind of out women too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets he gets into uh it's kind of like a self help thing and then like and then it just turns bad. Like yeah. you know what I mean? And, and and it's like somebody totally taking advantage of these these younger and although they're incredibly book smart, uh don't they're naive. Yeah, they're young. Very they're naive. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really good. So I found cults so fascinating. Oh, me too. It blows my mind how all these people are able to basically brainwash these people into doing this. Yeah, it takes. Because I mean, that one's younger kids, but a lot of times it's grown adults. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Have a family. Oh yeah. And I'm like, like what? But and a lot of them though are in vulnerable places, which I know is what they're praying on. That's that's right. Very fascinating to me. Yeah, it takes a certain takes a certain personality that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't blame them, you know, it's like, but that's why you need p- people out there to help. You know, I think one of the greatest things is people that are involved in something like that and are able to see the light. That was one thing about that, that series about that, uh, these college kids, it's like, you know, a couple of them were able to see the light, get out and then put their life back together. That's amazing. That takes a lot of strength. Yeah. A lot yeah, of strength. Absolutely. And I, I, those are, I think one of my favorite things about some of the cult documentaries is always people who were in it and yeah. they can talk about their life after the fact. Yes. Because yeah. I don't think it's until after they come out of it, they, they realize how bad it was inside. Like, even oh, yeah. if they were like, you know, this isn't good. I need to get out. But once you get out and, you've, you know, removed yourself from that situation far enough that you can really see, you know, that hindsight is twenty twenty, but you can see really how entrenched it was, how bad it was. Yeah. And that's. I think that's always a good thing for them to yeah. then use their voice to tell others about their experience. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it, it, like Barry said, it takes a lot. For, it is brave of them to get out. It takes a lot for them to get out because when yeah. you're in that cult world, when you're in that group, you're, that you know, you've been isolated from everybody that you know and your family and your friends, and not all you have is that the the cult. And yeah. 
you know, so that's your new family, your new friend group, your new family. And so, you know, yeah. your world. And so they have to, re- you know, they lose their world in escaping it. But it's obviously only through that process are they able to see that the world that they had were involved in uh, had been constructed by somebody else who probably yeah. is not, you know, who's making themselves the center of the world. And, right. you know, and, and, and that's obviously, you know, I mean, all who, who knows what else is going on. Terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wish I could remember what cult it was in, but I remember if I listened to a podcast or if it was on a documentary, but talking about something that they don't talk about often, people who leave that, the fact that they have to grieve basically for mm-hmm. these people yeah. that they knew because chances are like, they're essentially excommunicated after they leave. Right. They can't yeah. talk to these people anymore. So you have to grieve for all the people that you, you know, were spending all your time with that you've learned to love. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's something that's talked about as much. And it did, I didn't really think about it until I heard them say that. And I was like, wow, you know, the, that has to be really, really hard not only to leave your world, but then to, to grieve for all those people yeah. because you can't talk to them again. You lose that relationship. And that's, got to be extremely difficult especially for those who grew up in that cult and their family yeah. like their literal families there yep. Yep. Um, and you've lost them all yeah and that's got to be immensely you know hard and emotional so it it has to take a lot to leave a cult like yeah. that yeah so the people that do you know kudos to them because i can't imagine losing the whole family yeah like that agreed yeah we don't have uh I mean, that's part of what makes a cult work is that 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 threat that if you leave, you know, everything that you've known, you leave behind, you know, I don't know. It's people that are able to do that as far as like the, the these leaders that, you know, the Mansons and uh, and uh, who's the guy from Waco, Adam, uh, David Koresh, David Koresh, um, which is in another really great. Uh, series that they did on on Koresh a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. where they where they show it from both sides, and you really mm-hmm. see kind of where the feds really screwed that up. And oh yeah, it was bad, 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 bad. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things where like you got to find the happy medium between like uh, you know what what we perceive as you know a threat. And then, you know, are these people given a choice to come or go? I mean, that's right. like the thing. And how do you act upon that? You know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, it's got to be everyone's own decision to leave that mm-hmm. situation. But but people that set up these 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 um, nonprofits and things that once they leave and they help other people, I think that's that's great. I think that's yeah yeah that's commendable. Um, I did a. I did a podcast episode on the anthill kids, which was a Canadian cult. Um, and that one ended up being violent. Like there was many deaths oh, that was a, who attempted that, to leave. Yeah, um, that was brutal. But it was just, I was, I was like, I see now why there's so many of these compounds that they do. And they always try to make them away from everyone. And I was thinking, Oh, they need the room. But it wasn't until I was researching that one. And I was like, no, they want to be away from everyone. If it's, if they're not near people, they're cult They're, People in the cult can't talk to them. But also, if they're away from them, then the rest of society doesn't perceive them as a threat, and they kind of get left alone. Right. Mm-hmm. The Anthill kids got to do some awful things for a really long time mm-hmm. until 
people started to leave and go to the police and it was affecting children. But I was like, you know, if it didn't affect children, I wonder how much the police have gotten involved. I don't know that I've Uh, seen anything on that. Well, I don't know. There was, I watched a short film on YouTube, but I had to do a lot of digging. How Um, long ago was this? Oh, I think it was in the 70s. 70s? 70s. Okay. Okay. I know uh, I heard about it through um, last podcast on the left. Get this. We call it what's your weird story, right? But we don't limit it to weird stories. It's true. Sometimes we have crazy travel and epic adventure stories. Sometimes we do book reports and other special episodes. Sometimes we'll cover some weird news. Sometimes I'll see one of my oldest, dearest friends just dancing around and punching the air for five minutes before we sit down and record an episode. But hey, it's all good because it's fun to talk to people, to make new friends, to get in touch and reacquainted with old friends and hear amazing stories. What yeah. is your podcast called? Yeah. Well, tell us about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are Murder and Mimosas. Nice. I like that. Um, That's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we love um, a good drink with our, good. you know, true crime. Thanks so, <laughs> to Edge. Uh, As do I. <laughs> yes. You know, sometimes you got to have something to help some of this go down a little of bit. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, and so it's me and my mom who host it together. So nice. we release weekly on Saturdays around brunch time. So you have an excuse for your mimosa. Cool. Um, and we take turns on who is on the story, but we tend to go on lesser known cases, like as far as cults, you know, okay. the Ant Hill kids weren't something that's, we turn, we stay away from like Manson Bundy things because they've already been told. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like the one that happened in Alabama, I was talking about Heather Keaton. I couldn't find anything on her as far as podcasts, but I was like, this is a really big case. Yeah. You know, um, kind of hard to stomach, but you definitely need a couple mimosas for that one or right. a double right. to get through that. But, um, yeah, we tend to go towards lesser known cases. Um, ones that you probably haven't seen a documentary on or heard as much about. Yep. So we want to highlight as much of those as we can. Um, that's kind of our main thing. Great. Other than we started with the West Memphis three because oh. it's Arkansas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that. Well, and, and uh, yeah, there's so much suck. that. Yeah. Is. That's a wild case. Oh, I actually met yeah. Jason Baldwin um, oh, really? before we did that podcast. Um, which one? And so, and which one is he? is he? He was the youngest of all of them. Got it. Yep. Um, he wasn't yep. the leader and he wasn't the slow one. Yes. That was right. Jesse Miss Kelly. He's yeah. kind of just the added on. He was just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I met him, and I met Mara Leverett, who wrote The Devil's Knot after that happened, and she okay. appears in the Paradise Lost documentary. Um, so after that one, it kind of lit my fire for the West. It's kind of – that story is amazing because it's amazing that it got overthrown. Like, I just never thought that they would have ever come. I never thought that they would have got out. Well, well, I mean, did, but kind of like in a very sticky situation. Yeah, that Alfred plea is yeah. um, bogus. It's completely bogus. The whole thing is fucking bogus. Is that what they did? The so you have to. So you agree that you 
did it, but like you were, there's something weird, some, some slimy stuff that goes in there. Yeah. Right? So basically they're saying that they maintain their innocence, but they're agreeing that the state has enough to prosecute them. Wow. Which obviously okay. the state had enough to prosecute them. They ended up behind bars on nothing. Right. But now there was DNA that was involved that could exonerate them. So yeah. the state was CYA real quick with that. Yeah. Which Jason didn't want to take. Yep. Um, but they gave him a all or nothing deal and Damien Eccles was on death row. So right. Jason took it because I was his best friend, which they did something slimy there and let him talk, let Damien talk to Jason and he let, they let Damien talk Jason into it, which was kind of shitty. Yeah. 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 That that whole thing. That whole thing is just, uh, just the. Yeah, and Arkansas still Arkansas is. Not come up looking good. <laughs> no. What is your theory on that? Or, or, or you know more about it than me? Who did it? Okay, so, um, I'll give you my short answer. But episode three that we did on West Memphis three goes into it and like the okay. why we think it. I okay. One hundred percent think that Terry Hobbs, which was one of the stepfathers, right. and his best friend Jacoby David, Jacoby Davids or Davidson. Okay. Um, I think they were part of it. I think oh. they were the two. Um, was he the one that wanted that he wanted them to go away? Like he was the guy that was like beating the drum about it in the in the documentary. The crazy no, guy. That was another um, another kid's dad. Okay. Which people looked at him really weird um, for a long time, but he later came around in the second Paradise Lost okay. and agreed oh, that he thought right. that the boys were innocent. That's right. Gotcha. He was just very vocal and yeah. crazy. He's passed since then. Okay. Uh, I think he was also but, like, you know, he was on some kind of drugs. Oh, he was definitely on drugs. He had some drug charges after that. Some death that. charges after uh, that. You know, um, that his sense. wife died under some mysterious circumstances yes. after that. Yeah. So he definitely had some bad I think he was a stepdad too, but yeah, yeah. That, yeah. But I believe, yeah, it's the one, I think in the third one, the third one, is that the one with the Dixie Chicks where they, uh, yeah, the Dixie confront? Chicks are very outspoken. Johnny Depp was very outspoken. Yeah. Johnny Depp was huge. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. A lot yeah. of people were, man. It was a big, yeah. West, I remember, especially the, in the metal scene in the, the, the 90s, uh, there was the West Memphis Three support shirts. You'd see those a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because they used, metal and rock and roll as signs that Damien was into right. Satan. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't think Metallica and Satan um, are mutually exclusive. Well, yeah. Well, back then. You, back then, yeah. <laughs> well, especially in a small town in Arkansas. Fuck right, yeah. right. Well, yep. and that was during the height of the satanic panic. The satanic panic, yeah. yeah. And, you're speaking you know, my you language. Born, you weren't just born yet, but uh, we were the teenagers mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in, the, in the 90s. We were teenagers and and even before that, when in the late '80s, when it really started kicking off, um, I mean, it was wild. I mean, it was wild. Like people were. I like, went deep, deep diving yeah. into it. We actually just covered the McMartin preschool mm. case that happened during that time. Yeah. Satanic panic um, and the Corpsewood Manor. We've gone real satanic panic in the last. Few I episodes. mean, people, people, people it. lost their their fucking brains, dude, during yeah. that time. You know, and yeah. it was like you couldn't really have a discussion about it that was civil. You yeah. know, uh, it just it was what it was, and. Uh, what what pissed me off the most about it is the evangelical preachers on TV just 
cashing in on it because everybody oh, was yeah. putting those videotapes out, and and these videotapes started making their rounds, you know, about mm-hmm. all the stuff. And so, yeah, just crazy, yeah. man. It's yeah, great to like go back it. now and watch. Those are highly entertaining, right? Um, yeah, the, all the satanic panic right. stuff, and like you know, and like the. Um, um, the, they would they distributed tapes to police agencies about the satanic threat, right. and you can go and, and you can those are still you can find those floating around yeah. out there. It's it's that's entertainment right there, man. It is wild because you know what's crazy is I went deep diving because I wanted to know what set off the satanic panic. Right? Like something had to happen. Happen, yeah. Or there had to be like some actual crime that happened that, but I couldn't find really anything. Like it was somewhere. There were all these accusations against like like McMartin Preschool and with you know the West Memphis Three, where satanic stuff was thrown in there. Yeah. But another nothing proven. Yeah. And I was like, well, where did it even start? Yeah. But I can't find really where it started. Well, that's the thing is that it wasn't just one thing. It was all sorts of things. It was heavy metal music. Um, yeah. It was the, the toys in use and heavy metal music. It was toys. It was uh, games like Dungeons and Dragons. That was a yep. big um, one. That, that was, was a huge, huge, big huge one. thing. Um, and it was, I mean, everything it was you know everything that was like counterculture at that point was right. kind of like at some point it's satanic right. you know because right. it was you know counterculture which is hilarious now because once Ozzy became like America's TV father that they could yeah. they could connect with all that shit went away you know like like and that's the thing about it it's like all that stuff that people were fussing about was all it's all entertainment, you know. Now the real bands that were out there, the real freaks out there that are way into that shit for real, you'll never hear a goddamn thing about. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they aren't into publicity. You know, they're into yeah. burning churches down and eating each other's members and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I I think it's funny because my dad, we had a conversation about Marilyn Manson once, and I was like, Dad, I said Marilyn Manson's a cartoon character. He's like, yeah. What do you mean? I said, These are the real guys, and then I showed him some black metal bands and stuff you know what i mean i'm like this is the real stuff here right yeah and he's like oh okay i kind of get it now you know but yeah. um but i mean you know and hey props to those people those bands that were able to you know marilyn manson he he, he got a lot out of that time yeah um yeah career career wise and i don't know about y'all probably because i have a lot of people in the Bible Belt on my social medias, but I see it happening all over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like with Sam Smith and his, you know, mm-hmm, right. his show. And, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, and I'm like, wow, this sounds really familiar because yeah. just like in the Satanic Panic, I was like, yeah. it's happening again. Well, you know, there's a big part of it that is in, uh, in QAnon, there's a big part of it where it's oh, another... Yeah continuation of that same kind of satanic panic kind of thing you know um especially with like the you know the the alleged child uh sex rings rings and all of that stuff pizza gate and all that garbage um but also it's like uh little nas with his uh satan shoe i mean you know yeah they're you're marketing and they're doing marketing and they know what they're doing yeah, and because mm-hmm. controversy breeds, you know, sales. It brings follows. It breeds yeah. Yeah. eyeballs glued to it. 
which is why Marilyn Manson did all the shit that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was the same thing that Marilyn, that Madonna did and the same thing that David Bowie did when he right. started it yeah. all, basically. Right. You know, and it's... Yeah. You remember the skater Natas Kapas? Yes, Adam? dude. Yeah, Natas Kapas was another one. It was like, his name was Natasha, but they called him Natas, and so his skateboard was just Natas, but it was Satan spelled backwards. So everybody, that was another big one. It was like, you know, skateboarding is satanic. You know, yep. it's like, get a fucking life, man. Yeah. You know? well, even the Rihanna show, I saw people were like, oh, she was in red and her backup dancer things were in white and she was above them. Yeah. They're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, right. y'all are reaching. Right. Yeah, really yeah. Well, that's, a, that's all part of the, Illum- the new Illuminati, Illuminati yeah. and all of that stuff where people think that there's a huge Illuminati group right. in entertainment. And yet the Illuminati was a whole other thing. It was you know, a Bavarian mystic group, you know, back in the uh, 1700s or maybe 1800s. But they're always like throwing that name around right. Illuminati, you know, right. and, and, and who changing yeah. up whoever it is. Right. Um, but it's always right. the people, it's always the, it's always the entertainers, man. Entertainers are always the bad people, but it's the people that everybody loves until all of a sudden somebody says, no, look at that hand gesture or whatever. Right. And then you got, um, not the, not the politicians that are passing yeah. all these laws yeah. that are and, uh, yeah, really affecting our society. Yeah. 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 Just people who's making music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or what's that? Who's that? That Andrew Tate? What's his name? Is that Andrew it? Tate? Uh, yeah, Andrew Tate. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. That guy. Oh man. Yeah, but he you know is, what, man? I don't. I, yeah, he says some dumb shit, but at the same time, this whole thing about him going to prison, man. I, I, uh, I don't know about it, man. I mean, you should be able to say whatever you want to say. You know, now they're trying to say that he was, you know, it was a sex trafficking thing or whatever. Uh-huh. Let's see if it happens. Let's see if that's true or not. Or if you just yeah. don't like what he says like there's a difference if you don't like what he says you don't need to be putting people in prison but also it's romania yeah well he's in another country because he's uh, there are other countries that are after him for legal reasons um but also like you know i mean he's blaming it he's he's blaming it on the matrix right you know he's saying it's all of this it's basically another spin on the illuminati and 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 hollywood elite and you know the people in power they're all after him because he doesn't play or whatever and it's just like who knows you know who knows who knows but i mean it's just like that you know i'm sure he believes that um and and he's certainly selling it i'm just an i'm an anti-censorship guy and so and so i I think that i'm not pointing at him for the censorship for anything i think there's other things i think that's well maybe but i also think that this could be why they're going after him and that's all i'm saying I, i would like to see the evidence and then we'll see we'll see what's what you know that's all I'm saying. You can't put people behind bar. Now, again, if, if it was America, I'd feel different about it, but it's Romania. They can do whatever the fuck they want to, you know? I mean, that's what they're going to do. That's what they've been yeah. doing. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, we live in a crazy time and, and the, the loudest voices get all of the, the, the accolades and the news coverage. So who knows what's real? Who knows what's true? You know, when at the same time, I don't think these, you know, musicians or stars or anything are upset about it. Cause that's putting them in the news. Right. Right. Headlines. Yep. 
articles. There is no so, bad press. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't think they're hurting from it. No, just, absolutely not. You could criticize Sam Smith on it being a bad performance, but uh, as far as it being anything other than just shock value, it is what yeah. it is, man. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know what people were expecting from a song called Unholy. Right. Yeah. It wasn't going to be angels. Right. I'm more offended on his uh, squirrel jumpsuit that he... Did you see the picture of that? It's absolutely hilarious. I don't know what it is, but it's some... That black latex? Yeah, man. Yeah, that thing... That thing was like, what is this? Hey, man, look. If you see that, that's another thing that David Bowie was doing back in, you know, the the 70s and 80s. Now it's inflated. (laughs) That's not any weirder to me than Lady Gaga's and she's the same thing but lady gaga i'm sure she's titanic somewhere to somebody but yeah. um you know it's she's just it's a wow a, factor she's a performer and she knows exactly what she's doing mm-hmm. she is manipulating the, the audience for for the sensation of yeah. you know getting people that the people that follow her love her and the people that don't you know like care for her music necessarily she is is you know this this storm of controversy or sensation so yeah it all sells man that's what it is and that's what it's all about man yeah we all know it's money that makes the world go right absolutely absolutely <laughs> okay so what is your process for uh for the podcast you guys are doing research how many podcasts are you putting out like what's your schedule so we do one every week and it comes out Damn. about 10 a.m. every Saturday. Okay. So you can eat brunch and have your podcast, your mimosa. Um, so, yeah, we do one every, generally one every week, except for in October, we do two a week. Uh, we Ooh. do one on Wednesday, Wicked Wednesday, and it's either like a paranormal thing, a little less true crime, okay. um, or it's somehow related to Halloween, a true crime related to Halloween. So, a death in a haunted house. So that's a lot of research and stuff you guys have to do. It is. So I host a true crime book club that we meet monthly. So some of it I pull from there because I'm already reading the book. Okay. Um, And then others, I just, it ends up being one. And I think that's why I like the lesser known crimes because they're nothing I know anything about. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I go in, like I get sucked in real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Like, I was like, I can't do Dahmer. Yeah. I go and go, I already know that. I already know that. Like, I couldn't watch the Dahmer Netflix series without being like, I already knew that. Yeah. So that's why I like I'm gonna gravitate to others. Adam, so what like, is wow, the, that happened? What is the story, Adam, of, about the the uh, the the killing spree that started like outside of Oklahoma City, came up through Hennessy, and then ended up here somewhere. They made a movie about it. It's like called heaven something. Do you remember that story? It's like back in the eighties, man, this guy took these people hostage and like started just going to people's houses and killing them. They killed a couple in, in Hennessy. Golly, I can't remember the name of it. This I was just a- thinking that would be a great story for you to cover because not a lot of people have talked about it. Um, Let's see. I know that there, there was some, now the only thing that's ringing any bells is like, um, there was a movie that was supposed to be taking place in Kingfisher, like Eyes of Heaven or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's okay. it. Something Heaven. Eyes in Heaven? Yeah. Eyes in Heaven or Eyes um, of Heaven, something like that. Yes. That's I the, can't remember. I remember trying to watch the movie. And yes. I didn't like um, um, But that, you know, could 
be just I wasn't in the movie that day, or maybe because they were going to shoot in Kingfisher, but they eyes, didn't. Eyes to Kingfisher heaven. Eyes to heaven. Eyes to heaven. Eyes to heaven. Okay. I think. They were gonna, I think they were going to shoot in Kingfisher, but we Kingfisher didn't have a uh, enough hotel rooms uh, at that time to put up a, a small independent film crew. Um, so they did shoot in Kingfisher. They ended up shooting somewhere else. Yes. So I think I was like, well, I don't want to watch fake Kingfisher. Right. Heaven's Rain, by the way. Heaven's Rain. Heaven's Rain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dude, awesome. That was uh, so. You know, I'm always because we don't have we have um, people that come on, but not a lot of people that do the true crime podcast thing. So that's that's uh, really cool, and uh, hopefully you can get some listeners from us because we we've been around for five years almost. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we are just coming up on our one year mark, so we're still pretty new, but we're cool. we're, we're really loving it. Hey, hey look. Yeah. You know, the thing is about in, in podcasting, you know, we were told um, if you get past seven episodes, you're you're in the top ninety percent. You know, I mean, because yeah, most, Tim, you know, most, see, this this Saturday will be episode fifty. So great, excellent, good. Yeah, yeah, because most people don't, apparently don't make it past seven episodes. You know, and and you, and doing a weekly as well. Well, because we yeah. know that's and you do more work than we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we couldn't do what you do for sure. No, no, no. no. We don't. Well, I think if it wasn't something I loved, it'd be really hard. But I ended up writing a whole thing real quick. That's um, cool. So it works out really well. That's really cool. Yeah. That's that's commendable, and it's great to have something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. So. Well, Danica, thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. I had a lot of fun. What else can blast? Yeah. Can you plug anything else? Any other like ways that people can get in touch with you? Uh, your yeah, social media. So, uh, we are on Facebook at murder mimosas podcast. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at murder.mimosas. And if you have cases you want to send, we're always interested in new ones. Cool. Uh, you can email us at murder.mimosas at gmail.com. Cool. Great. Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store. Our merch store. I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch? Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff yeah dude and you know what? If any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt, get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen. Danica, thank you for coming on. I'm you know, I'm happy we had a a true crime uh guest on because we don't get to talk about that stuff much and it's it's a fun topic to talk about. Yeah, and go. Well, first of all, you know, again, thank you for joining us and sharing your story. Uh, and everyone needs to go check out her podcast with her mom. Um, but like, yeah, that it's it's a terrible tragedy, but it's it is an incredible story. Yeah, and it's incredible how 
you know, there are so many things like, you know, the, 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 uh, the, you know, the kind of slow friend who assisted, who was bullied, you know, seemingly bullied into helping out hide the body. Right. Um, uh, or, or, well, before, before it was a body, I guess, how he, you know, got a life because he was 18 and the other guy who was just, you know, what she say, like two months or two weeks, something bare, just under 18 yeah. when he, yeah. you know, when he, when the crime, you know, he, yeah. he who should have gotten should life. Have. Yeah, definitely. You know, didn't yeah. because of this, yeah. his age. And, it didn't you know, make I mean, much sense, man. You no, know, it. Yeah. That that that's a justice system, though. You know, it's, yeah, and especially the one in Arkansas at that point in time. Yeah, because as we discussed, you know, the West Memphis Three. Yep, and uh, so yeah, I mean, yep. yeah, that 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 doesn't bode well for Arkansas's uh, criminal, <laughs> criminal system for sure. It does not, man. Um, and you know, Arkansas's got you know they get joked on a lot i think uh in a, in a, you know as being a backwards hillbilly state but uh so do we good people, so, but you know that's true you know you, you, any region really it's always right. that next state over is the one right but, you know right um you know but it's it's you know it is not i mean there's a lot of, there's a lot of good people there and it's a good place um it's just unfortunately they've Become you know famous for the failure a few failures of their justice system, but that's everywhere really when yeah. we, when we think about it. So absolutely. Hey, speaking of uh, of true crime, we have one of the more interesting true crime cases happening right now, present time with the Murdaugh uh, oh, case. Good. Yes, and I. What's funny is I have not delved into it because I've just been too busy. And my mom was talking to me about it, and I, I had seen the story about his son mm-hmm. that had killed the girl in the boating accident. Yep, and uh, and my mom was telling me about this, and I'm like, now wait a minute, like that was the same guy. She's like, yeah, and I was like, wow, okay, I need yep. to look and- into this. So I've I've been kind of following it a little bit, and. There is a uh, his other the, that son and then another son was possibly linked to a well some kind of another death yes yes on a on a road where the, they said the gay yeah. guy that they yep. killed that uh, supposedly was having you know a little a relationship with the oldest brother yeah yes and so there is a YouTuber who is starting covering this um. A while back, a few years ago, and he is from that area. Okay. And I'm going to find his name so that people can go and uh, check him out because he kind of like, and he's covered a lot of really cool stuff. And he just kind of started as a, uh, I think it was probably during like the pandemic. Yeah. Um, let me find his name. If, if folks haven't listened or seen the Netflix documentary, that this, there's a three-part series mm. that they put out on it. And it doesn't obviously doesn't go into the court trial that's happening right now, but it does talk about the previous uh, circumstance or situations that happened before with the, uh, the young lady that died and then and the uh, young man that that uh, that died. 
It's yep. really man. There was like somebody that was like a. Uh, um, there's a nanny that, yeah, that was something uh, like that. <laughs> she slipped on the steps, you know, yeah. quote unquote slipped. Uh, it's it's wild. And I'm just kind of watching what his because he took the stand and uh, all these I, I kind of bounced back between watching the footage and then listening to like, you know, like lawyers on various outlets talk about the case and. You know, most of them are just like, this guy is way brilliant, man. This guy absolutely knows how to play the system. And I'm so curious to see how this pans out because this is a wild case. And it's got a little bit of everything. Like, he stole a bunch of money from mm-hmm. uh, from his clients. He was embezzling mm-hmm. money. Uh, they think he was having an, an affair and they mm-hmm. think that the the son found out about it is what they think. I mean, that's at least that's kind of what I'm hearing. So, it is wild. Yeah, if you want to uh, go on YouTube and check out Eric Allen, it's E R I C A L A N, and he is just you know he does his uh, he's been covering it again for. A while and and like he, he's got you know he's he's local you know so right. like and he's also covers some other things that happened locally there some mysteries and stuff and cool. he's a really great you know amateur documentary maker right. and youtuber um, but he's been it's his, his his stuff's really fantastic and he does just a great job and I highly recommend because you go check his stuff out because that's where I got a lot of this information that I've been following cool. uh, for a year or more. Um, you know, and just it's just it's wild. It's wild because he talks to people that other people hadn't talked to before. Oh, sure, and, yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. that, he probably did a lot of legwork for the documentary oh, yeah. people. I would I'll imagine. bet. I'll bet. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we love. We love true crime. It's just, it's a horrifying, terrible thing in human nature, but we're all, I mean, you know, we're all fascinated by it. Um, Just, I think, again, part of human nature that we're fascinated by it as well. Yeah. Just as much as we're fascinated by uh, just, well, any good story here on the podcast, whether it's true crime or ghosties in the night or ufos or bigfoot we love a bigfoot story and uh all that stuff we just love good stories and we love sharing the stories with you guys and having our guests come on and share them and having great conversations uh like we did today so yeah we yeah, lo- we love uh, we love making new friends, and uh, yeah, and we did that today, so it was great. Absolutely, thank you again, Danica, for coming on. And you guys get in touch with us; we'd love to have you on. And uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. Absolutely, um, make sure you follow us on our socials: Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, you know, contact us. Let us know if you got a story you want to share, or you know. C- 
maybe nudge one of your friends or coworkers who's got a story that they, you think that would be really cool to share. Let them know about us. Let them know about us even if they don't have one. Tell all your friends and family about the show. We want to grow Weirdsville more and more um, and as we have been. And we appreciate all that you guys do. You guys and gals and uh, everyone else, however you identify. Um, we love you all. And uh, we got, oh, we got a good one for you next time. We got a we got a Bigfoot story. We yeah. got some uh, spooky stories. We got some cool stories from uh, from Stephen, who uh, is a former long distance long haul trucker, um, who's still a trucker now, but not as all long. Um, but man, we had a great conversation with him, and he had some really cool stories. And he'll be back for sure. But he'll be making his debut next week on the podcast. The one that you're listening to, What's Your Weird Story, with me, Adam Beebe, and him, Barry Johnston, the Smiling Sensei. And we will see you guys next time, Weirdsville. Until then, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.